coming up on this week's episode of AARP's The Perfect Scam. I'm very, very concerned that the next big breach we're going to see is a breach of literally millions and millions of search engines. Mm, that's very scary. Very yeah, scary. That is scary. Welcome back to AARP's The Perfect Scam. I'm Julie Getz, and with me today is our co-host, Frank Abagnale. Frank, it's good to see you. Hi, Julie. Great to be with you. And today we have a very special episode. This is a bonus episode where it's called You've Got Mail with Frank Abagnale, second edition. Awesome. And to make this episode even more special, we have one of the show's producers, Brooke Ellis, with us today. Hey, how are you doing? Hi. And uh, together, Brooke and I are going to ask you questions that have been emailed to us from the show's listeners. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. Brooke, do you want to go for the first one? Yeah. So Eric from New York asks, is free Wi-Fi safe? I know I shouldn't do things like check my bank accounts while using it, but should I be using it at all? I know, especially for uh, personal information. So, for example, if I'm at the airport... It is saying that it's free Wi-Fi. It did not say that it's private Wi-Fi. So that means anybody can be listening and recording or watching the things that you do on your computer. So I certainly wouldn't want to wire money or fill out a credit application or answer things where I have to give someone my Social Security number. Or maybe I'm buying something and I have to provide my credit card number, expiration date, and PIN number. Those are the kind of things you don't want to do. If you just remember that, Free Wi-Fi means basically that it's not private Wi-Fi. It's free and it's open to anyone. Great. Good question. Frank, this next question is from Aaron in Washington, D.C. Frank, is it safe to do DNA testing? That depends. You know, like everything you do, like looking at apps or anything else, you need to read the fine print in the contract. So my question with those services are, what happens to my information once you sent it to me? Do you store it in a data file? Uh, do you sell it to people who want information, insurance companies or someone else? So I want to know in the written contract with the agreement, what do you actually do with my material? And of course, I prefer for you to say I destroy it immediately. But you can even call the company, say, I'm interested in getting your service. I was going to apply for it. But I want to know what do you do with my information once you've supplied it to me, what happens to it? And, of course, your response is you want to hear, no, we destroy it. We don't store it. We don't keep it on file because I would be a little concerned about that being shared with other people. I don't want them to see. Yeah, I bet. Oof. Okay, go ahead, Brooke. All right, this one is from Sarah in D.C., and I actually would love to know the answer to this. (laughs) What has actually happened when you get that note from a company that your data has been breached, and what should you do? Well, first of all, they're going to sometimes offer you free credit monitoring service, but usually typically for just one year. When people steal mass data and they steal your name, your Social Security number, and your date of birth, you can't change your name, you can't change your Social Security number, and you can't change your date of birth. So those people typically hold on to that data. We refer to it as warehousing the data for typically three to four years before they ever actually bring it out in the marketplace or put it out for sale So if someone offers me one year of credit monitoring, two years of credit Mm -hmm. monitoring, I tell them that's worthless. So if I were to have a data breach today and they said your name and information has been breached, if I've already frozen my credit, I really wouldn't worry about it too much. And if I hadn't, I would then freeze my credit 
so no one who got my Social Security number, got my personal information, can actually do anything with it. So they can't apply for a credit card, they can't get a loan or go buy something using my information. But again, whenever they say they're going to give you one year or two year credit money, remembering that's not going to work. Uh, you need a lot more time than just uh, that because they will warehouse that data because you can't change that information so they can sell that information at any time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that the three main credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, they each allow you to pull one free credit report a year. So that's just another good way to monitor your credit. Because like you said, if there's a breach, those people might be holding on to it for a couple months or even like years before they use it. So you can just pull those credit reports for free and just keep an eye out on your credit for any suspicious activities. Okay, Frank. This is from Jill in Minnesota. Frank, what is your worst nightmare scam that may not be mainstream but keeps you up at night? I'm very, very concerned that the next big breach we're going to see is a breach of literally millions and millions of search engines where people will know what it is that you actually have searched for on your computer. Now, if I'm Frank that has a little plumbing shop and two employees... Frank's probably not too concerned if people searched what I've searched on my computer. But if I am the president of a bank, the mayor of a city, I have some prestigious job or I have some notoriety about me, I wouldn't want information out about the things that I look at on my computer. And so I think that's where you get into ransom, where I simply say either you give me this amount of money or I'm going to release everything that you've ever searched on your computer and things that you've looked at on your computer There could be a lot of privacy issues. I think that's going to be the next breach. Anything that I can threaten you to give me money that you don't want me to expose something and you're willing to pay me the money for, that's a very good thing for a scam artist. So I think the next thing you'll see is a breach of a lot of search engines. Mm, That's very scary. Very scary. scary. All right, Um, Brooke, you want to do one more? We'll do one more each? Yeah. Okay, this next one's from Brittany in New Jersey. What are your thoughts on Venmo and other cash transfer apps? I have no problem with those. I tell young people all the time, if you use those services, make sure they are backed by a credit card, not a debit card, so that they don't have access to the actual money you have in your bank account, which they would with a debit card. Make sure you backed it with a credit card okay. so they really only have access to Visa's money and you're not liable to get into your account. So when you set it up, you should use your credit, credit card, card and not the... Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot of people will default to their checking account, but because if you use a credit card with some cash apps, there's an extra transaction fee. But even though there's that fee, you know that your credit card company has extra security for you and is going to protect you. Whereas if you use your bank account, like you're saying, you're just kind of out of that money if you get caught up in a scam. Yes. Got it. Okay. So David from Maryland has a question. He thinks he went to school with your mother. What was her maiden name again? I would never answer that question. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think that's what he was trying to do, see if he could uh, scam Frank Abagnale. No, that's correct. Collect information from I have from to tell him. you real quickly that the day this book came out, Scam Me If You Can, within an hour I got an email said, Dear Mr. Abagnale, went to info at com. Dear Mr. Abagnale, I own the rights to scammeifyoucan.com. 
And if you would like to buy that from me, this is how much it is. Please contact me. That was just a scam. Man. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes our bonus episode of You've Got Mail with Frank Abagnale's second edition. Thank you so much, Frank Abagnale and Brooke Ellis. This was always a fun special episode, right? Right. Thank you, Julie. Truly enjoyed it. All right. Well, thank you, guys, and we'll see you very soon. Bye, guys. If you or someone you know has been the victim of a fraud or scam, call AARP's Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Thank you to our team of scam busters, producer Brooke Ellis, our audio engineer Julio Gonzalez, and of course, my co-host Frank Abagnale. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP, The Perfect Scam, I'm Julie Getz. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash your moment today.